Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. First of all, politicians. Politicians. Now, the political ritualist breakdown of wealth and assets is an insight into the lives of our leaders, according to Philip Ryan and the Irish Independent. And the figures were compiled by financial analyst Carl Dieter. And the figures show how much it would cost each TD to buy their pension if they were to try to do so in the private market. It also gives a kind of breakdown about how much they're worth. Let me just give you a gist of the article that we're talking about. I'm going to read a bit of it here. It says, how much do you really know about your politicians you put faith in to run the country? The truth is, you know very little about them. You may have heard uh, some of their public comments on various issues or read broad outlines of their policies, but that's about it. The Irish Independence Political Ritualist aims to give voters a unique insight into the country's most powerful people, politicians. Uh, the more uh, than two-month-long project reveals the wealth and assets accumulated by politicians responsible for deciding how our taxes are spent. And the Ritualist expands on the Register of Members' interests for Dáil Éireann, in which TDs are asked to declare certain assets which may present conflicts of interest. Uh, there are some who are happy to give comprehensive details of their assets uh, right down to the very last acre of land they own, but there are others who are less forthcoming and use loose rules enforced by the Standards of Public Office Commission to avoid revealing too much information about themselves and what they own. Now, there is no doubt that most politicians are quite wealthy, but some will say that goes with the job. And yes, it is a well-paying job with attractive perks, including expenses, a nice pension, etc., etc. God only knows what else. And there are some who will say politicians are disconnected from the people in the decisions they make regarding finances. Like I posted a, a Twitter there last night because I was talking about Eamon Ryan. And Eamon Ryan is worth, including his pension and everything else, 2.4 million, according to the rich list, which I'll talk to Carl Dieter about in a second. I mean, it's all well and good, say, for Eamon Ryan, for example. I'm not picking on Eamon Ryan per se, and I'm not suggesting for any minute, by the way, there's any wrongdoing. You know, he's a wealthy man, he's worth a lot, his pension's worth a lot. But it's all well and good to say, you know, stick an extra few quid there on diesel and petrol, sure, for green, the green scheme. Um, it's not really going to affect his life. You know what I mean? It doesn't affect his life. He goes everywhere with a driver. The same with Michal Mart, the same with Leo Varadkar, they have a driver. Do you think Leo Varadkar runs down the stairs in the morning after getting up late for work or whatever and thinks to himself, have I got 20 quid for diesel? Do you think he does that? No, he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. Because Leo's worth quite a substantial amount of money and so is his pension. And he's also living with a boyfriend, by the way, which is, he's worth quite a substantial amount of money. I'm not denying them that, by the way. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they have a good job. But some people will say the argument against it is that you're not going to get qualified and clever people to work for an average industrial wage. Hence, you have to pay them good money. But here's the question I want to ask you today. And the number is 87 8 Do you think politicians are overpaid and are out of touch? Or maybe you believe, well, we've got to pay that money now to get good people. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Now, if you've been upset by the article that you read in the Rich List, the man responsible for the mathematics of this is Carl Dieter, Dieter who's a financial expert. Good afternoon to you, Carl. Hey, Niall. How are you? Now, firstly, I mean, when we look at these top-line figures, and top of the list is Michael Larry with 7,343. <laughs> so how is that figure compiled, firstly? Well... With all of the politicians, everyone is, is dealt with in the same way. So basically, we value all of their TD years to come up with what kind of um, financial um, results they'll come out with. So basically, taking him as an example, uh, 
actually, I won't, I won't pick on him in particular, but just to say. Well, the only reason, I, the only reason I took him was because he's number one on the list. Yeah, well, well look, you know. Well, give, well, give me an example of somebody. The TV will get, they'll get a termination payment of €17,000 when they stop being a TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can get a lump sum just for being a TD of about €150,000 and then a pension that uh, will, will max out at half of that, which is 50000 a year. If you take someone who, say, uh, serves a few years as a minister, um, in, in Larry's case, I think there was two there, uh, that would attract a ministerial lump sum of 12000 an additional ministerial pension of 4000 So, I mean, you're talking about thousands of euros accruing and when that is all added up, uh, you know, we place a value on that pension by looking at what it would cost someone who wasn't a politician to buy a similar uh, pension with an annuity. So in other words, if you, if you or me were to purchase that, pe- that pension once a month from whatever age, that's how much it would cost. Yeah, so what we do is if someone is younger, we basically, we, we basically discount that down in, from future years into the present value. So... There's a lot of financial mathematics that goes into this to make sure everyone is dealt with in exactly the same manner. And what happens then as well, though, you know, Larry is is quite a successful businessman and he owns, uh, you know, good, successful companies. And that's fine and and absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, can I point out again, there's no no suggestion by the Irish Independent or indeed by us here today that there's any wrongdoing. I mean, they're just well-paid people and many of them have financial interests as well and they have businesses, etc., which they must declare, by the way. Um, But there's no suggestion that. But the argument is, and people are saying, when you see people that, you know, are worth a substantial amount of money, and we look at all our favourite politicians, when I say our favourite politicians, our well-known politicians, they're all on the list. Everyone that you can think of is on the list there. And they go right from £7 million to the lowest, which is uh, Thomas Byrne, at one million two seven nine. OK? And you're saying to yourself, are they in touch with the people? I mean, I mentioned there a few minutes ago, does Leo Varadkar or Michal Martin run down the stairs in the morning wondering if I've got 20 euro, uh, you know, for diesel? And is it going to make a big difference yeah. to my life if, you know, fuel costs yeah. go up this I, month? I, I and that's the a, question, isn't it, Carl? Yeah, well, there's a wider point there of people who are rich and who become politicians and then people who effectively become rich from being politicians. And that's the big difference that I've always thought was fascinating because... I would certainly have no issue with people being rich because I think that's great. You know, I'm, I'm happy to see people succeed. But if your wealth, your main store of wealth comes about from being a politician, that's a slightly different thing that, that would bother me more, to be honest with you. Because then you have and, a responsibility to justify that wealth, don't you? Well, you know, well, then, then, then basically everything that you've done, you've never really proven your ability to go out and, and do it in the, in the real world. You've just succeeded within the, the, the political class. And there's, there's a lot but of that's what we've had in Ireland for years as career politicians. Well, look, all I'm saying is that, you know, if your main wealth comes from being a politician rather than being wealthy and becoming a politician, then, you know, you have to understand that doesn't make someone somehow squeaky clean or as, as if they're not like, as if they're somehow a better brand of, of person because they didn't succeed in the business world. Um, and, and, and because quite often people are in business, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like well-to-do and then became a politician. I actually have a bigger issue with people who are well-to-do from being a politician than I would with, with the, the, the former. There's also though, a glaring issue that, that I, I just, I can't believe, like, this is the first radio interview I've done about this. I actually can't believe that, that other stations didn't want to hear from us, didn't want to interrogate this and look at it, because it is of national importance. But there's a bigger question about, you know, the way that standards in public office work, because from, from what we can garner from how the guidelines work, you know, you can basically own 
a thousand Bitcoin, 20 Aston Martins, 20 kilograms of gold and have a billion euro on deposit in the bank. And you can write on your, your declaration a nil return. And that's just not the case. You know, one of the headlines in the Irish Independent was that Michal Martin owns four houses. But if you look at what he declares the ownership of, you know, those properties are not reflected. We had a former minister of housing, Alan Kelly, who's, you know, has a property that's being rented out in Airbnb. That's not being mentioned. You know, so there's a lot of but, things. Yeah, but I mean, do I mean, for example, the Broadcasting Authority have the same rules, by the way. If, for example, as a talk show host, if I have a business, other business interest, I'm meant to tell the Broadcasting Authority. And, and the, by the way, I understand that because obviously I'm talking on the radio, giving you an opinion, and I obviously can't have a conflict of interest if I'm talking about property and I own loads and loads of properties. Not that they would have an issue with me, but, but, yeah, but they but want to know. There's, there's a few things. A, is that a public list? Like, can I go and look at that list? Well, I'm sure you can. I don't know. I well, imagine you well, can. I don't know, but, but but the one thing that's is your the next, members, that's your next one, Carlos. <laughs> well, it might be after today. The register, the register of interest is there to allow people to know if there are other things that a person may have interest in in order to keep politicians as honest as possible. Now, what I can tell you is I've seen examples on that list where someone writes land, and it's actually land that like 100 acres. You know, there's a, there was one particular politician, we didn't put this in the paper, and I'm not going to reveal who it was, but, but they have rights to about 2,000 acres of land. You would never know that from looking at how that works. But would that then influence a person if they were receiving substantial um, Subsidies. You know, cap grants yeah. from that land? Would it change their view if there was something that came out about the way that, that farmers were treated? You could, or, yeah, yeah, but you could argue that. I mean, I'm not trying to defend politicians here. But you could argue that in relation to even social aspects of decisions they make, for example, in relation to recently we had the marriage equality referendum, we had the abortion referendum, we had all those different referendums, we had different decisions that are made every day by politicians. And everybody has an opinion, including politicians. So you you could argue that about their moral thinking as well. If you were talking about, say, for example, a minister for housing that might have a lot of property. Um, You know what I mean? And is he really going to act in the best interest of people when he has a load of property? So is is he going to put a tax on vacant properties if he happens to have a couple of vacant properties and that's the argument I know you're making. Look, I, I, well, look I'm, I'm not arguing for or against that. What I'm trying to say is the lack of transparency which passes in this country would not be accepted in other countries. And if you want to say that a minister would be changed based on the amount of property that they own, then you can make that argument if you know that they own it. But at the moment what we have is a system where It was written by politicians for politicians and it gives so many get-out clauses that the true and accurate reflection of their position isn't easily determined. Okay, and did did you get... I mean, that's a public failure. Okay, for the piece, I know you did the mathematics on the piece and obviously the piece was written by Philip Ryan in the Irish Independent, but in relation to it, did you get a statement from the Standards of Public Office uh, Commission, you know, in relation to what or why they don't have to declare these? Well, we had, we had asked the, the, the standards and public office for how much they cost the taxpayer. And, you know, they were allocated $2 million last year. I think they only used $1.2 million of it. And they said, you know, so they spent back the money they hadn't used, as you'd expect. But, you know, you, you, have, a, you have an office that is there to do this oversight. And the actual true interrogation of it has been outsourced to investigative journalists. Because as far as we could determine... There's nothing that the standards and public office do to even bother to make sure that any of this stuff written down is even true. So they don't investigate it. It's not, so are you telling me they don't audit this every now and again? Or they don't, well, they randomly, they don't randomly pick somebody, just say, you know, I mean, randomly pick maybe 10% and say, let's just check up on them. 
look, they might be better to ask this of themselves, but from our determination of, of what can be found and where and how and of the information that CIFO uh, divulge and their activities and their annual reports, it doesn't appear that this is ever... I mean, but surely they should, because even the Broadcasting Authority, for example, I mean, here in this radio station, we have a certain obligation to a certain amount of news and current affairs, Irish content, blah, 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 blah. And every now and again, the Broadcasting Authority will take a random two or three days of a radio station and they'll audit the radio stations. They do it every now and again, just to make sure you're keeping your nose clean. So surely they should do the same thing then. Okay, well, maybe you'll need to ask them that. I could find no evidence of, of on what speaking about okay. right now specifically of how they audit people to see what assets they own and um, and, and, and to, to prove that they do or don't and that they've declared everything in an appropriate way. If they Have were to do it? that, I'm happy to work with them. I'd volunteer for that one because the things that you can't write in the paper are sometimes more interesting than those that you can. Okay, well, that's and, what I was gonna, the next question I was going to ask you then. Have you had any bad feedback? I don't want you to mention any names from any politicians, but any bad feedback yeah. from any of the politicians in relation to the rich list? Of course, the, yeah, there's, there's the usual threats, there's the usual whatever. But look, that doesn't, you know, if you were to, if you were to back down every time someone said something negative, you'd never get anything done. So, Do you, you think know, politicians are overpaid? I don't know. I think we have too many of them. I don't know that they're necessarily Well, we, well we, have, we have more politicians and councillors in this country per head of population probably than anywhere else. But that's, yeah. that's a whole other no, thing. I'd agree with you. Look, a politician makes just over 100000 a year. Well, that's, 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 also, well, that's their TD wage, but they get a ministerial no, that, that, wage as well. That's yeah. No, but I mean, that's the base. And then they have unvouched expenses. They have... Ministerial pay. Other, 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 well, they all have expenses that they can get for running constituency offices. A lot of them, you know, have all this manner of tax benefits and costs and loopholes that only exist for politicians. So it's very generous. But you no, know, no, no, there's we, no, I mean, no, no, there's no doubt about uh, it. But, and, I, but let's be clear about something. No, okay, I don't, so, I don't want to go into individuals' wages, but, uh, you know, when we look at, you know, the, the, the top five or six that we're all familiar with, we hear in the news every single day of the week, right? Most of those would be on a TD's wage and a ministerial pay, or a ministerial pay as well, right? So they're probably getting about 180 grand. So in and around that, okay? I mean, it varies a little bit from person to person, okay? On top of that, they have their expenses. So the money they're getting is straight into their bank account. They don't have to pay a mobile phone bill. They don't have to pay for their Wi-Fi. They don't have to pay for their car, their diesel, because they get driven everywhere. Uh, they don't have, you know, their offices are usually paid for, their PAs are paid for, uh, everything is paid for, right? So th- yeah. that money they have is generally, most of it, after taxes, disposable income. But so realistically, do you think they're overpaid, Carl? Because well, this, this is my point, you see. So, like, if someone is doing a job that is as vital as being tarnished or a minister, I don't really have an issue with them, like, making mad money. In fact, in, in Singapore, they go the opposite way. They're, they're really well paid. They get the best and brightest that, that you can afford. They don't get... Well, isn't, isn't that the argument? Them, I, I mean, it, it, it would be easy for me to come on the air and condemn politicians' pay. That that would be really easy because everyone would just agree with yeah, me. But that, that, yeah, but that, that, that's a moronic way of thinking. What I'm yeah. trying to say is if we were getting the best and brightest, I wouldn't care if they were paid twice as much. The real question I would have, and this is just a personal reflection, it's, it's not you know anything that we did with the, with the independent, is do we need you know 160 people in order to run this country. And I would say that that number could be more Haft. than half. More than half. Like it, 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 but but sure, every, year, every year there's a couple of new positions being added. Well, right it, right it, down to special envoy, by the way. <laughs> special <laughs> envoys, which were recently added. To it. But you didn't Simon Harris get a position there recently that, you know, obviously to, to try and keep him in the gig, so to speak, uh, you know, that he got a, his ministerial position for third level education, whatever it was. That should be, that could have been covered by the Minister for Education. I mean, it shouldn't, there shouldn't have to be a set, another Minister for Education. Well, if you, I, again, not that I know, but 
have any, any special insight. But if you even look at the amount of time that people tend to hold certain posts and that they stay in there until they qualify for, for the pensions, that sometimes you have to do something for two years before it kicks in. Like, it, there is a gilded class of politician. And, you know, to say that, that they're in it for themselves as well as, you know, public service and, and mm. the need to be wanted by people and seek validation outside of yourself, there's definitely some of that. Like, the, the biggest thing, though, I would be saying is, you know, a, a politician accrues a pension over 20 years. A guard or nurse accrues their pension over 40 years. So a politician is... 30, is it not 30 for a guard? Or, 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 30 um, years. Okay, well, look, I'll stand yeah. open to correction. Yeah, and the, the nurse, I'm not too sure about, but I know look, guards are 30 years. We used to work at our 40 idiots. When okay, we were, wait, okay, just, just finally, Cal, because I have to go to a couple of callers in relation to this. Getting back to whether they're overpaid or not, and you don't believe they're overpaid as long as they're doing a good job, right? Uh, you do believe there should be less of them, I get that. But the question people are asking is, if you're sitting there and let's say your wages is 180,000 plus expenses, right? And you're making decisions, financial decisions that affect the rest of the country. You're talking about, for example, last week we talked about the fact that heating bills will be able to go up about 400 quid for the winter season this year because of the extra taxes and, and the increase of, of oil costs. Uh, you know, diesel and petrol are going to be put up in the next budget. All these things affect people's pocket, but it doesn't affect your pocket if you're on 180. So are they disconnected from the people when they're being paid so much money? Isn't that the real question? I, I think I think you could be, but I think that the you know I think enough interfacing with constituency constituents definitely brings you down. By the way, I just looked while we were we were you were chatting there as well. For a nurse, it's it's based on eightieths and it's forty eightieths. So just to say that for okay. a nurse versus a, a TD, yeah. they have to work twice as long to get full pension. And um, but regarding I, I you know are they able to stay connected? Uh, I, I based on what you hear some of them say, you'd say no. There's not a chance they are. But I, I think by and large that. Uh, most TDs are, are facing enough regular people that, that they stay somewhat grounded. But again, okay. do we need 160 of them? You know, I, I, I'd rather see 80 fewer TDs and 80 more doctors. I'd rather see 100 fewer TDs and, uh, and you know, maybe 200 extra, you know, special needs assistants being, being paid better wages. Like, the thing is, because we have trade-offs, because we don't have an endless checkbook, it's not as if this doesn't come at a cost. And that's all I'm saying is that if we were to be honest with ourselves about what we want and what we're hoping to achieve, do we need more politicians or do we need more of something else? And I am on the something else side. Okay. All right, listen, thank you very much, Nick. Carl Dieter, financial expert and analyst. And you can read that, by the way. It's in the Irish Independent over the weekend there. And it's the political rich list, it's called. Let me go to Paul. Paul, you're in Ireland's classic. It's Paul... You know, Carl believes, well, maybe not being overpaid as long as they're doing a good job, but there's too many of them. What do you think? No, I, I talk, well, I agree with him to some part uh, in the fact that, um, yes, they are well overpaid. Uh, I, well, he said they, that he doesn't think they are overpaid if they're doing a good job. I don't think they're doing a good job. I don't know anyone in the country who thinks they're ah, doing a good job. It'd be unfair to say there isn't a politician doing a good job. Some of them are doing a good job, I, some of them are not. I haven't met any of them, to be honest. I've never in my life met any of them. I've never discussed anything with any of them I've never needed to, to I just don't trust them I've never actually went out of my way to go and meet a politician in one of the clinics to ask for help with anything off of them because they're all in it for themselves you know it, I don't know what happens to them when they get in there some of them I know do go in with good intentions and good ideas and whatever happens to them when they get in there they just tow the line they just become total total corruption you know total corrupt 
So you so well, no, 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 no. Well, let, let, again, just to be fair, they're not all corrupt, but you believe they toe the line essentially. Yes, basically, yeah, they do. Okay, Definitely. so they tow the party line, the line, but isn't that what and they all do? Anyway? Willing to yeah, sacrifice their jobs for for the for the sake of the consti- their constituents or or the country. Okay, do you, you know, I mean I don't own Paul if you're wealthy, middle class, lower class. I haven't a clue which area. Doesn't I don't particularly care. But do you believe they understand you? No. I mean, no, do, definitely, do, do, I'm assuming you're not a multimillionaire by the stretch of the imagination. I'm but... Far from it. <laughs> okay. So, 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 like, like me and like everybody else, at the end of the month, you're kind of looking at your bank balance, going, "Shit, I better not spend too much this week." Okay. They, they don't understand that, probably because when I say they don't understand that, they do understand that'd be silly with me. But they have never, they don't experience that at the moment because they're on good money. Um, and that's, you know, with the, the, so yeah. they, so do you believe they, un, like, do they remember when they were Paul? It, they don't. I don't know whether any of them were ever were appalled or anything, but they, they don't seem to, to remember. I mean, as I said, it seems to be they go into politics with good intentions, at least some of them. I don't know about them all. They go in with good intentions. But then it's, it's all about giving themselves pay rise after pay rise, even in the midst of the, uh, the pandemic. And the, Well, no, in fairness, I will take that back. In the, in the pandemic, they did cut their wages, so some of them did anyway, but it was voluntary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they, did, they, then, did, they got the increases because public servants got the increases, and they yeah, are public servants. Yeah, yeah. So, and, yeah. and, and the, same, the same in the crash and that, you know. Mm. And they'll do the same, the same again. They'll get their money back one way or the other, regardless of the rest of us and that, you know. No, I'm not... I, I'm not, personally, I'm not in debt to anybody. I got out myself out of debt a long time ago, so... Um, so what's yeah, but yeah, but what do you, Paul? What do you do when you put somebody in a position of power, be a minister for health, a minister for education, a minister for whatever it happens to be, right? I mean, do you pay them the average industrial wage because that you're not going to get good people for that? No, no, I, 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 I agree with you there. But I mean, if you look at the look at the population of Europe, and look at the, the salaries that European ministers are on, even even England. I mean, there's Boris Johnson. He's on an average seventy seventy nine thousand four hundred ninety six. Pound sterling, which is ninety-two thousand nine hundred eighty-five euro. That's what Boris Johnson is on, with a population of little over sixty-eight thousand or sixty-eight million people. An air prime minister, um, yeah, air t-shirt is on two hundred and eleven plus, ex- plus expenses. Thousand euro plus comparison to Boris Johnson, you know, at ninety-two thousand. I mean, and they get the expenses on top of that. Mm. So, I mean, how, how do they justify that? It will. <laughs> It is difficult to justify very good wages sometimes to people who don't have very good wages, and I, and I understand that. But I only listened to a conversation this morning about the banking sector. And mm. the banking sector, as you know, were capped. They had the uh, CEOs and directors' wages capped after the crash, after everything that went on in Anglo-Irish. And mm. they're now calling for those caps to be removed because they believe that many good CEOs are leaving uh, the likes of AIB and places like that, Bank of Ireland, et cetera, et cetera. And they're moving on to private companies because they are clever, they're good people, they're well-paid people, and because the government put a cap on what they can earn in the banking sector, they're moving into the private sector. And the argument always, the same as the argument in relation to charities, has always been the same. If you want a good CEO, or you want a good person to lead, you have to pay good money. So, so in other words, if we didn't pay good money as politicians, and I get what you're saying about the UK, you're 100% right, but those politicians may not be politicians, they might just go on to be CEOs of companies or something where they can earn the same money. Mm-hmm. Well, at least they'll have to earn the money that way. But for you know, when they're when they're messing up the country, they're supposed to be leading. I mean, lead by example. You know, not lorded over those who are supposed to be uh, leading. You know, these these people are supposed to be um, servants of the people, not not overlords of the people. But they act as if they're overlords. Is there know? no politician yeah. that you can honestly say, you know, listening to the radio and TV over the last year and a half? Is there any politician you can honestly say is doing a good job? Never, never, no. 
No, I have never come across one. I have never, never come across one. In all my life, I've never come across one politician where I could stand up and say, that politician is good. Deserves his money. That politician. Yeah. It's some, some of them, after they get out of power, become clever people. And when I say clever people, I mean they're intelligent. They're, it's good to listen to. I used to listen to, um, oh, what's his name now? I can't think of it. He was on another radio station. Uh, the former Minister for Justice, I bet yes. you're talking about. Um, not Charlie Mead. No, 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 not Charlie Mead. Minister for Finance. I, I, I know Michael Michael McDell. Oh no, no, I couldn't no, stand no. that guy. That guy no, no. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually like listening to him lately. <laughs> no, I couldn't stand him. <laughs> no. Richard Bruton, is it? I no. look at, I look at a politician, and I yeah. look at the way what I look at the way they, they they rule or lead, and I look what there's what they do to the country as a whole with the whole party, and any party that puts themselves above the people. The, the lowest people, the people who, who are in basic, who are in need, like or nurses and doctors. We're talking about nurses and doctors there. Um, anyone who puts himself above that, or thinks they're they, they're worth more than that, are not worthy to lead any any people. And and most of these politicians are all about themselves. I mean, half of them come are teachers or uh, uh, what call it, As Michael McDowell, a justice minister, he he's a what you call it, a, a law student. Well, Alan Chatter was the same. He was a, a solicitor as well. Yeah. Yeah, Which, well, by the way, I, th- I always believe is the right thing, by the way. Minister for Justice should have been involved in law and have an idea of oh, law. Yeah. Uh, and Minister for Health should have been a doctor. Um, yeah. As me, Leo, Leo Varadkar was Minister for Health for a very short period of time. Um, but what's... As, um, Harris was, and Harris was just a tea boy for the late... For <laughs> and, and then currently, of course, we have Stephen Donnelly, who's an engineer, I think, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. He is an engineer. I think he's an engineer, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. All right, well, listen, thanks, Paul. Paul! Oh, you, you, Paul could have been talking about Ivan Yates. Is that who you're talking about? Oh, right. Ivan Yates, yeah. There Ivan you go. Yates. No, I've right. listened to Ivan after he became. But a yeah, but he was Ivan was more famous, I suppose, for being in media than Polly. He wasn't very successful in politics, to be honest mm. with you. So he was probably better off in media because he constantly gave out all the time. He is a great, great broadcaster. And we, by the way, he'd be missed. Uh, the number is 087-188-008. That's 087-188-008. Paul can't even name me one politician that he believes deserve the money they're on. Now, if we're talking about this, because the reason we're talking about it is because the political rich list was printed in the papers over the weekend. I'm sure a lot of the politicians are not very happy. Now, by the way, the list is a breakdown. Um, and Carl Dieter, who is the analyst who put it together, explained how he broke down the figures. But when you look at the figures, this is the overall, including their pensions and what they own in business and everything else. I mean, the figures are good. You know, they're all in the millions. And most of your politicians are on it, all the ones that you'd be familiar with. Every single one of them are there. One to 51, 51 politicians listed. The highest will be 7,343. That's including their pension as well, I believe. And the lowest would be 51, 1,279,000. Have a look at it's the Irish Independent. But a lot of people are saying, well, hold on for a second. How are they running a country and thinking of me and the increases they bring in in a budget when really... It doesn't affect them that much. Frank, how you doing? You're in Ireland's Classic Hits. How are you, Noel? Good. Now, Frank, you know, I don't know, but I, I, you know, I think it's fair to say politicians, being a politician is a good job, so it gets good money. Are, are people just begrudging them because they're saying, oh, this is too much money to be giving people? Definitely, yeah, definitely we're begrudges. Mm. But it's I mean, if, they, if, they're, but if they're not doing it's, a good job, I suppose. No, it's very easy, Noel. Let, let, let me just explain to you. It's very easy to begrudge someone when you're sitting in the cold and you're looking at their lifestyle and their salary and when you can't afford to put food on the table and you can't afford rent payments, it's very easy to begrudge them, Noel. But they're the ones, yeah, but 
The argument is that they're the ones making the decisions that maybe puts you in a situation where you're sitting in a room and you can't put food on the table. Exactly. And you can. So, so they're making those decisions, you know, from their, and people will say, from their ivory tower, where it doesn't really affect them. Oh, yeah, no, but you just made a point about begrudging, and I know people begrudge, but people begrudge for a particular reason. And as I said, that's the reason why anyone would begrudge them. Now, Dietmar earlier on, is that his name? What's his name again? Dietmar. <laughs> Carl Dieter. Carl Dieter. I have to say, great bass player. You know the big old bass? Yeah, 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 yeah. Seen him before. He's brilliant. But listen to me. He made a point about mentioning the name. He mentioned your leader's name, right? That it was in the paper, Four Properties. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to ask yourself, Noel, and listen, I want people now to listen to this. That man started off as a school teacher. Yep. So, you know, this tells people of this country, how can a, a teacher that rolled into politics end up then on and far? Now, listen, he didn't win a few, Bob, right? Let's, let's reel that out. So I'm just using him as an example because he was mentioned in the paper, okay? Yeah. How does he roll into on and far decent properties? That's one thing. Then you look at the rest of them from all parties. Uh, you've the, the leader of the you've, you've the biggest opposition party in the country. They have properties all over the world, so we needn't go into that. Okay, they have money and property all over the place. And speaking of opposition, why do we need opposition parties? They actually do nothing in government. Well, I I, I would probably agree with you. In the last sort of certainly two years, they've done very little. But but but, 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 but no, but over time, no, I mean. You do need an opposition party. Of course you need an opposition no, party. People, I mean, I was to represent saying, different views. Of course you do. Yeah, but listen, I was saying to Root there, technology and all, when you look at the country the way it's moved on the last 50 years with technology, they're quick enough to get rid of people off seats and offices because they've technology, yeah? Mm-hmm. When they all decide to go missing out the kip for three months of the year <laughs> and come back in September. And they're summer holliers. And yeah. listen, when the kip is falling down around them, it doesn't matter what's going on on the kip, they're still missing. The country doesn't stop, Noel. Everything runs itself. Well, the only be, only be, only because there's procedures put in place to keep it running. Yeah, yeah. But listen, Noel. By by the people you're talking about. We're a tiny little place at the edge of a massive place, right? And these people, as Carl rightly said there, and that gentleman before me, uh, Leon, what's your <laughs> Boris? Right, <laughs> like Boris Johnson is on less money, yes. Yeah. And he's running a kip with millions. Yeah, they can't all be kips, by the way, but go on, Frank. seven million people in London alone. Yeah, 70 million, 70 million people in the UK. Yeah, and in he's running that place. Then your man across the pond, that I think is dead fucking five years ago, but he keeps <laughs> putting the jokes <laughs> on. Joe he's Biden. on less money as well. Yeah. So some people at this place, Noel, have to start asking themselves how. Like, I'll give you an example. There, two or three years ago, Noel, I'm driving along in Finglas, where I live, yeah? Yep. And the roads in Finglas, and by the way, I drive around the city now a lot in, in, in the walk I do. And Clontarf, Noel, and places like that, the roads have been done in the last year and a half. I've witnessed it, okay? I've seen it. I drive into Finglas, nothing. They put a band-aid over a hole. Do you understand me? I, I don't know. Now, th- that's having a go with Dublin City Council. And I don't know if that's true at all, to be honest well, with you. No, and I think that what you're doing is looking at things to maybe rose-tinted well, glasses. Tell you what I'll do I you. don't believe for one minute the County Council prioritised Clontarf over Finglas. 
I think that would be grossly unfair to even suggest that, Frank. No, Noel, you're living. I tell you, I think you're living in a rose petal garden now. If you think that. Somebody just texted and said Fingless was redone three months ago, so what are you talking oh, about? One road was probably redone. Not all of Fingless. Yeah, well, the, yeah but not road. all of Clontarf was done either, by the way. I know they did the wall there recently, but that's for other reasons. Will you let me finish? And when I reported a certain road in Ireland, Fingless, to a local councillor, he sent me back a link for the roads department and Dublin City Council. Yeah, well, now, in fairness, councillors don't get paid a huge amount of money. TDs get paid a lot of money. Then if they're not in the job, if they don't like the job, get up and get out of it. That's not my problem. I said okay, we'll get back to the original argument. The, the original point is, you say they're not overpaid with begrudgers, right? Okay? Yeah, yeah. So, when the point I was making is, is that if you've got a politician earning 200 grand, if he's on a ministerial pay as well, right? And he's earning, yeah, I think between 150 and 200 grand. Does he understand how Frank feels when Frank has to put diesel in his car and is looking at the next budget and it's going to cost him more? Does he understand how Frank feels when he pays his heating bill? Does he understand how Frank feels when he's paying his PRSI and his PAYE? Does he understand that? Because those kind of things, when they increase them, don't really affect them. But they affect you. No, he doesn't care, no. He or she doesn't care. Let me give you another example of Muckhead. Well, when, when you say that, I don't know about them not caring, but I'm asking, are they disconnected? Do they understand you? Of course they're disconnected, because I'll tell you why. But you're, well, you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth here, then, Frank. How? Why? You're, you're telling me they deserve the money they're getting and we're probably grudges, but now you're telling me they're disconnected. I'm sorry for a minute. I didn't say, I said, you said that we are begrudges, and I said yes, because it's easy to begrudge people, Noel, when you're cold and hungry. Well, do, well, well, stay. Actually, just stay there for a second, Frank. And I know you have a lot more to say, but I wanted Robbie to say something yeah, too. Stay really? there, Robbie. You're in Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Robbie? Not bad yourself, Robbie. You believe councillors are underpaid and TDs are overpaid? Well, I mean, uh, I can speak from being there. You know, um, the councillors are on about seventeen grand a year. So they don't get all the expenses that TDs do. Well, they get seventeen plus expenses. Seven, seventeen. No, no, they don't. De- but depending on who you are. Dead. No, they, they might get more expensive if they're on different committees, maybe, or different uh, kind of, uh, boards and stuff. Yeah. But the, the, the thing is that PDs would be lost without the councillors, to be perfectly honest with No, you. because they're they're the frontline workers, yeah, aren't they? they yeah, they, and like the ones who are in touch with what goes on on the ground are the councillors, you know. But um, there's always the old saying that the councillor is there to do the nuts and bolts work where the PDs are there to legislate. And like, I do agree, I don't think a PD should be dealing with somebody's broken... Thing, you know, a washing machine, yeah. A yeah. washing machine, you know, to let the, let the council deal with that. But the point of what Carl was saying about the amount of um, politicians that we have is a fair point. Because I'm in Dublin Midwest, so we'll take that as a, as a the point, right? We've got four TDs in Dublin Midwest, and I think we've got 15 councillors. Now, that's for one constituency. You've got about 19, 17 to 19 politicians for that one constituency, which is overkill to be honest with you you really really don't need that you, they don't have anywhere close to that number in the UK no, per, per head no. of population I'm talking about yeah, per head per population yeah I mean look I mean Dublin City Council has 52 councillors and I think it's something like 23 TDs or something like that for a city of 1.2 million people that, that's just the figures of what roughly they are you know Okay but, get, get, okay, but getting to their pay, right? And let's focus on TDs. Let's leave councillors out of it for the moment because we know they get paid less. So TDs, particularly those who have a ministerial position, between 150 and 200 grand, maybe more, yeah. you know, depending on it. And then on top of that, you have your expenses as well. Expenses, is it too much money? It is. And I mean, they made up all these junior ministerial positions as well. 
for this government to keep Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael uh, backbenchers happy to call us super junior ministers junior ministers and whatever and they're getting 135 grand a year or special envoys <laughs> yeah for pretty much doing nothing and going around the world and having a nice uh, bank balance and on top of that then you've got MEPs as well yeah the MEPs they're making huge money Oh Jesus, they're making absolutely massive money. I, I know, there's a lot of expenses involved in an yeah, MEP. You'd want to look at their money. You know, so, because mean, they have an office here and an office in God knows wherever else, yeah. yeah as, as, as Frank says, in between calling everywhere to kip. I mean, so you've got <laughs> and you've got um, Joe Biden who are making less money than uh, Michal Martin, which is absolutely outrageous, you know. And the, the well, well, are we factoring in the cost of living? I mean, well, no, I, no, I, no, Frank, stop laughing. I'm, I'm genuinely being serious. I mean, it, well, the cost of living here in Ireland is higher than it is in the UK and America. Yeah, but why, yeah, but why would it... Why Caviar would it is expensive, Noel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. No, but I mean, if you were, if, for example, if you were... I was going to use a nurse as an example. That's probably the wrong example to pick. Yeah, yeah, but generally speaking, salaries, say, in the South are higher than they are in the North for civil servants, Right. Um, you know, or higher than they are in the UK. Um, yeah. And that's because the cost of living in the south of Ireland or, you know, the Republic of Ireland versus the UK is certainly a lot higher. So in retrospect, I suppose, OK, Michal Martin might be earning more than Boris Johnson, but it is a more expensive country to live in. Generally speaking, yeah. we all earn more money than people, our counterparts in the UK. Yeah, so, I mean... It's, it's well, that Frank, one. is that not a fair point? No, no. Hmm. No, I'll tell you why, Noel, and... and I'll do, you know... I feel bad being the only so one to, 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 to defend them here. Well, I, I, can, I understand, Robbie, I, I, I agree with what you're saying about uh, councillors working harder than TDs. Definitely. They seem to do a lot more than on the ground. The only time you'll see a second, you know, with the world's elite there talking... You're talking about Michal in New York, OK. Yeah, try, yeah, try, yeah, try, yeah, try and keep the conversation he, decent if you can. Well, I'm sorry, 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 Noel, but I'm saying, what was his even point there? But anyway, that's another story. Like, well, it's all part of it, you know, international relations. I mean, earlier, are they, are, they, are they away from the people? Are they kind of, you know, disconnected, they know, disconnected right? Yeah. They don't come into this job, Robbie and Noel, because they want to do well for the people. They come in for the lucrative salary. I, th- I, think, I think, no, I think some of them are passionate about what they're doing. Sorry, Robbie, go ahead. Some of them are. Some of them are passionate about what they do. A lot of most of them really are passionate Name one of them, Robbie. Give me one. Give me one. Well, okay. Well, okay. Robbie, name a politician you believe is worth the money. Come on. Well, as I said, I I don't think any of them are worth the money that they're getting. You know. No. Just give me one. Well, give me. Well, give us one that you think. Well, you know, he does a he does a hard day's work. He's making good decisions. And as you know, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be quick. um, I've got five minutes. I've got to go into a break. I'm sorry. I'm impartial here, and as you know, I don't like being a gal, but I do like Pascal. I think Pascal's too hard. Pascal's on it. Okay, okay. Yeah. I've often said, by the way, and I wonder whether people agree with me, but if you want to be a Minister for Justice, you should be a solicitor. If you want to be a Minister for Health, you should have been a doctor. If you want to be a Minister of Education, you should have been a school teacher or a principal. I've often said that should be the way it is, but maybe I'm wrong in thinking that. Catherine, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How are you doing, Catherine? Hi, and I, you're so, so right. Of course you should. You should be in a job, surely to God. Minister for Children should have children, I believe. Maybe that rules some people out. I used to say that about Catherine Sapone, not her fault, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's the way it's happening. Yeah, I'm not saying anything bad about her, but maybe Minister for Children wouldn't be the right job. Different story. Yeah, okay. Um, What I wanted to say was, first and foremost, I hope you don't mind me, I think with that chap, Robbie, the councillors just had an increase of eight grand, so they're on 25 grand now. 
Well, and the, well, some of them will get expenses and some don't. It depends well, on where they are and what that, the positions they have. The increase was there for them all because I deal with one or two of them here in Dublin 12. Okay. And I have to tell you, Niall, as regard to councillors, they, they really are very, very good. I would, I'd contact them quicker than I'd contact any TV. Well, most, most councillors will have their own yeah. job. Is it, like counselling being a counsellor right. is a part-time job so they'll have their own job but depending yeah. on what part of the country and they get different amounts of money OK yeah. but generally speaking when you hear of a politician particularly a minister who will be mm. on somewhere between 150 and 200,000 mm. uh, plus expenses plus mm. they'll have a nice big massive pension um, and you've, you've heard some of the stuff Carl said earlier on about you know their kind of net worth and what they're worth I mean are they worth it? Absolutely not no Absolutely. I don't think, particularly in Ireland and Ireland that we're living in right now, and we're nearly close to five million, we've not tipped over 20, five million. You know what I mean? As the other mm. callers have said, and people there speak, come in, speaking to you said, and rightly so, you look at what they're getting paid in Britain, you're nearly talking about 70 million. Look what Boris Johnson's on. I mean, you couldn't compare that to what they're getting paid here. That is utterly ridiculous. But the argument Ridiculous. is, if you don't, and we had this argument before about charities, right? Yeah. About capping the salaries to 120 mm. and salaries for CEOs, that if you don't pay good money, you lose good staff. And, and unfortunately, you know, being a politician is a high paid job. Uh, and I, I don't think people want to begrudge people who are on good money or who've worked hard to get to a point they're at in life. Um, but is it, are they disconnected then? I mean, so when, say, for example, Eamon Ryan agrees with the fact that we should pay more money because of climate change, we should pay extra green taxes on diesel and petrol or heating oil or whatever it happens to be, uh, you know, and, and he's coming from a place where, including his pension and everything else, you know, he's worth somewhere in the region of two million, according to this rich list. Um, do you believe he understands how that extra few pence on, a, you know, a litre of diesel affects other people's lives? Do you believe they understand no. that? No, actually, I just saw... I know, by the way, I want to point out that just again, when I'm mentioning these amounts of money and these people, mm. there's no uh, there's no suggestion of wrongdoing, but like... No, 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 yeah. no. Let's put it this way, Niall. Like you're saying, you say it often enough and I agree with you. If you were offered that kind of money yourself, I you'd to say no. Absolutely. Exactly, you're not going to say no. But the thing about it is, I don't really think they're on the same wavelength and they never will be. I've spoken to a few of them, you know, and they come around. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the ones who come to the doors and are trying to get back in. You know, them, they come on the door. Yeah, yeah. Just before the election. Yeah, yeah. They look at you blankly. Yeah. Absolutely blankly. Here, yeah. I was talking about, you know. So when you, when you say to them, when you say to them, I don't have enough money to pay my heating and pay yeah. my food and pay my mortgage, do, they, do you think they understand what you're Not saying? Not really. No, no, no. I know one lady now, she's a very nice lady. Yeah. But I mean, she is a doctor and, uh, you know, she's pretty well organised and all that. She's yeah. pretty well you know, she doesn't, can I say, she doesn't, now the area I live in, it covers a multitude, so she doesn't live in really in my area, but she's in the jurisdiction of the area, so it's included in her, shall we say, stint, her little gig. Yeah. So, apart from anything else, no. My okay, point. they don't understand, but to be fair, I've got 40 seconds left, and I'd yeah. go to Derry-Ann, because uh-huh. otherwise it'd, it'd be really rude of me not to put her on. Uh-huh. Derry-Ann! Yes? Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't have much time, I have 50 seconds, go for it. Yeah, well, can I just say to you, I'm sorry, they don't deserve it. I, the amount of people I went to, including one of them that I texted the night I was in that Father McCary hospital, never got back to me. They are absolutely disgraceful. They have no idea how to step into our shoes. And I dare, I pull up to any of them to come and step into mine at the moment. So you didn't think they'd last 10 minutes in your, in your situation? Yes. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.